Hello, and welcome to the Functionally Fit Podcast. I am excited today to talk about our guest and topic of wearable technology. This is something that I've been playing around with for over a year now, and my guest, uh, Shafali, will also talk a lot about how she uses it with her patients and how she's personally using wearables. We'll kind of go through the top, um, you know, we'll go through the top list of wearables that have made, uh, you know, that have the best reviews, take apart those one by one. And, and maybe in there, you'll see what could be a fit for you. One great thing I think that hopefully you'll take from this episode is that there's not just one single fit for everyone. You kind of want to pick that thing that, that resonates most with you. And I hope you'll find, as always, with our episodes that uh, you can use things like integrative tools and uh, functionally medicine-based uh, devices to really help accelerate your health as far as keeping you away from chronic disease, improving maybe chronic conditions you're currently experiencing, and, and treating yourself as a whole system with a holistic approach versus just that pill for every ill. So, you know, our mission with the, this podcast is to spread this awareness of functional medicine and integrative medicine and how this fits actually perfectly with our allopathic medicine and in combination and, in, and really complements each other. There is not really just one way to do things. Probably that perfect medicine is somewhere in between. I know I found that for myself personally, and I hope that uh, you will find this as well. So enjoy the episode. We love hearing from you. So feel free to leave us a message or review. And here we go. Hi, and welcome to the Functionally Fit Podcast. I'm Jen Rice, and today we have an awesome topic with a fantastic, um, this will be the second time around guest speaker, Shafali Ragula, and we are so excited to have you here. Thanks for being here. Thank you. I love it. So, <laughs> I love um, with you. Yeah, I know. So this is... Um, Shafali actually joined me really early on in the, uh, it was episode 12 and her topic for that episode 12 was eating global and spicing it up for better health. And Shafali has, um, long has, has for a long time used food as medicine. And, um, you know, I'm sure we'll, we'll talk a little bit about that today, but if you really want to kind of hear more about that topic and how to incorporate spices into your life. <laughs> um, that is a great episode. You can see it uh, pretty much anywhere where we're distributed, like Apple Podcasts or Spotify um, and some other platforms. But that would be uh, episode 12, Eating Global and Spicing It Up. But today we are so excited to talk about wearable technology because there's like every time I turn around, there's something new out there. And I was, we were kind of cracking up because I'm wearing two uh, devices today <laughs> for the <laughs> podcast. Sometimes I'm wearing them all the time, but. Um, and so you Shifali, could wear them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, Shafali, let's just ju jump right in. I know um, just to kind of briefly, if you could just kind of share with people your background and 
you know, like what you're doing as a profession and a passion. And that way they're kind of looped into uh, why you're interested in this topic today and how you're going to use that. Absolutely. You know, it's crazy. I feel like I have my feet wet in so many little areas and then they're all coming full circle now in what I'm doing. In fact, I created a little Venn diagram of all the different types of, you know, medicine philosophies that I've dabbled in, lifestyle medicine, obesity medicine, nutrigenomic medicine, integrated, you know, <clears throat> and I take little bits of pieces of all of them and that's front and center precision metabolic health, which is, which is the practice. So, um, <clears throat> that's a great name precision yeah. metabolic health, because oh. yeah, if you, it is about uniquely personalized and specialized and with technology, we have the ability to yeah. be more precise with our health. Right. Right. So, uh, so for, so the background is, you know, just to keep it really quick, um, a strong family history of heart disease, learned about that as a uh, straight out of PA school, no, didn't learn anything about nutrition or food as medicine, of course, none of us did right um, no. back then. And um, so I, I began to understand cardiovascular disease uh, with and using nutrition to help it and understand that. And then, um, you know, and, and I happened to end up getting a job in gastroenterology. So there was a lot of conventional gastroenterology where I thought I could incorporate a lot of food as medicine into gut health because you would think that that's a great place for it, of course, but it's not, you know, really well received in con conventional uh, medicine all the time. So, um, so I, I, I left that and I became a food as medicine cooking instructor, or actually I started with Indian cooking alone and um, wrote some recipes and food writing and whatnot. And then it turned into food as medicine because I realized I wasn't making and cooking and eating, you know, our Indian cultural foods every day growing, growing that I was growing up. I wasn't doing that with my family because I didn't find it to be the most nutrient dense that I could eat. Um, and, and also the most interesting, like I love international foods of all. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, um, and so now I'm just like, and I've, since then I've, since becoming food as medicine cooking instructor, went, went back to more clinical practice, did a lot of functional medicine and in the field of urology, where I think I was in that field when we recorded last, right? Jen? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's an amazing field for functional medicine because there is so much early metabolic disturbance and early, early metabolic dysfunction in that patient population, men and women. Um, and so if, if we are, it taught me that if we look early, we will find it. We're going to find stuff. We have to look, this is Sh where Shafali, just before you go too far, yeah. I'm thinking yeah. there might be somebody listening and might be like, what does metabolic disturbance mean? Or yeah. what is that? What is that? What is the definition of that? Yeah. Great question. So I think, I guess, you know, metabolism is what we all are familiar with. And we think of that as basically how are we burning and using and fueling ourselves? Um, of course, bio, biochemically, then you're really thinking about the Krebs cycle and ATP production and et cetera, and how you're breaking down your macronutrients, your, your protein, carbs, and fats. So, but on a medical lens, like if you're going to your doctor and, you know, they're trying to figure out if you have metabolic disturbances, really what they're looking at is, do you have 
blood sugar regulation? Do you have prediabetes? Do you have dysglycemia? Do you have um, sort of end effects of that, which sometimes they're not necessarily the later effects because you could have a dyslipidemia, like a, you know, blood cholesterol imbalance um, that could be tied to other things as well. Um, certainly cancer is a metabolic mm-hmm. disturbance. So we have a, 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 a it's, it's kind of a root cause almost um, of many other chronic illnesses. So uh, I kind of think of metabolic dysfunction as really a, a very biochemical cellular process going on. And if it's not, if you're not doing, if your body has gotten used to um, um, not being a fine, it's not fine tuned as it, you were born to be um, because of our diet, our lifestyle choices, Mm -hmm. our stresses, our toxins, et cetera. Um, You're doing a lot of damage to your body or I'm doing a lot of damage to my body. I'm not pointing fingers at anybody (laughs) and we can reverse it. We absolutely know we can reverse diabetes. So um, yeah. So I I love this um, conversation on, because there was a time where even as a, a clinically, you know, trained PA that I even thought, oh, cancer just happens. Things just, it just happens. And, and okay. It's not like there's no one to, we're not saying there's a blame on it, but what's really fascinating when you start like kind of digging into this, there can be perfect storms of things that happen. And, and yes, um, but I, I don't think we just have to surrender to, well, I'm going to, I'm going to get that. Oh, I'm just going to get that, um, you know, because maybe not. Right. And that's a culture shift. I think, you know, there are a lot of, I think um, a lot of people think that a lot of people think, oh, I have high blood pressure. Well, I have high blood pressure now. Okay. Or, oh, I have high cholesterol. My doctor told me I have high cholesterol. Okay. I mean, you just hear about such common diagnoses. Do you question why? Why do you have it? Oh, I have a family history but why is it expressed in you, you know? Right, yeah, I think, and this is where, if you're so willing to uh, explore, um, which I gotta be honest, I wasn't willing to explore it at all until I was like up against the wall, like figuratively um, with my own health and really felt like there there was a fork in the road of either going down a path of multiple specialists, procedures, interventions, or I could potentially change how I was living every day and small changes over time. I mean, it wasn't, you know, an overnight success, but, but, or there was that route. And I just felt like that route looked like a lot of work, (laughs) but it was also a lot of work to be sick. Yeah. 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 A hundred percent. I think that that pivotal moment for a lot of people comes on their own timeline. We can't, as practitioners, we can't make anyone, you know, we can help them see it with the data, which is where mm-hmm. we're talking about wearables yeah. and laboratory evaluation, and then us talking to them and educating them. But that at the end of that, you know, then it has to come to the time for the patient to feel that, okay, I, I am at this point where I need to make these changes. So yeah, yeah. I agree yeah. with you. Yeah. So when we're talking, this is a great segue into the wearable technology and, um, you know, how this is gaining a lot of, I guess, traction with 
um, you know, some people, it was funny when somebody asked me, um, well, first I was asking a couple patients because I, I have an oral ring on and I had a couple patients that had that. I, it's not like I was like, what's that ring? But they, it, somehow it came up in conversation because it doesn't really look like a, like a wedding band necessarily. It kind of does look a little bit chunkier. Um, yeah. and, and I had this one patient tell me all about it and what it does. And sometimes he thinks that he's well rested and then he wants to work out harder, but really his body is telling him, or this brain gives you some information on your readiness score and, and these kind of things so that you maybe don't kick it up quite as much and you allow yourself to heal because a lot of people can get into, and I think uh, what's really not talked about as much, um, whether it's from working a lot or working and playing a lot or just having a busy uh, lifestyle, is you can get that adrenal, um, just to the, the, like your adrenals, your cortisol has just been like off the wall. And, mm -hmm. and we know that we're secreting that even with, um, you know, hard exercise, right? And so if, it, if there's only so much though, like, gas in the tank right and and when when you're in a state of like trying to heal I think something like this wearable technology at least for me um, not only does it get me walking more than I thought I was walking um, but it also has me sometimes stop and say is that the best movement to do today like maybe I need to swim and not exactly you know yeah. exactly you can really pinpoint your day-to-day what you're choosing to be active on or what you choose to eat or whether you choose to drink a glass of wine that night or not, you know, it, it's, it's just incredible. Now I, I can't wait till we start talking about the caveats to wear wearables. So you let me know when you're ready. <laughs> yeah. Like yeah. That. Yeah. No, I want to, let's go with pros first. As okay. Far okay. As like, um, so then I got this watch a couple weekends ago that is just like, um, um, Dennis bought it for me at this like sports shop. It doesn't do a lot, but what I wanted, I just started jogging a little bit and it, and it has a timer on it. And then, but it also does all these other things. Like it has the, the heart rate will come up. I'm sure you guys that have the, the watches, like you were telling me about Shafali, the Apple will already do that. But like it does heart rate. It does something with your sleep. You can plug in like your exercise. It has your SPO two. So, I mean, there was a time when everybody wanted to know the pulse ox, right? Remember, right. Remember those days? Yes. <laughs> okay. Not too long ago. <laughs> uh, and um, yeah. And so I mainly just use this if I'm going to exercise um, because, you know, I don't want to be, <laughs> I don't want to be too wearable teched out because right. yeah, you right. know, then that's a lot of things to be like, Ooh, what are my stats? Uh -huh. But I did have, um, Somebody asked me that I recently met, because I guess they noticed the ring and said, I don't know about wearing that, Jen, because like for them personally, they said, um, I would just be like, am I underperforming? Am I doing like, I might be hard on myself. And I just feel like um, when you track things that, so there could be two different states of mind with this, right? It's like, I'm tracking this um, because it's a positive thing because I want to know like what's going on or I just don't really want to know and I want to live how I feel. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I think um, it's a very personality dependent scenario for if you're going to submit a patient to wearables regularly. So I think as practitioners, we should be uh, navigating personality types. You know, there's a great book by Gretchen Rubin that talks about, it's about habits. Like it's just about, um, 
classifying people based on the kinds of habits uh, they break or make. And the vast majority of people fit in two categories and the, there's a significant minority of people that fit in the other two. Um, it could be one, one or two, I can't remember. But um, I, it was so uh, illuminating for me as a provider, as a clinician, because there are people that are not, not it's not a great idea to give them a lot of wearables or doing a lot of diet tracking or, you know, my fitness and pal chronometer, all that stuff. Cause it can dry, it can make them anxious. Mm-hmm. It can make people orthorexic. We don't want that. Oh. So I kind of think of, you know, I love those food trackers for lots of reasons, but mm-hmm. if they start leading a person to orthorexia, then you might think that a wearables might lead a person to what do we want to call that digital wearable exia I don't know yeah yeah right <laughs> where you get so caught up in overly caught up in um your stats you know you're enjoying your day and your your meal with your friends that you're constantly looking at your continuous glucose monitor and the app and you know or you're you're on a jog with a friend and you're constantly checking your Apple watch. That's not great. So it's gotta be a, t- a fine balance. Yeah, I think um, one thing I wanna mention because if there are other people um, who think that there's, well, they, they are, we are very tired at the end of say a clinic day. I will tell you that one thing that was so enlightening to me in wearing this was that I promise you, I could have swore that I was walking I don't know, four or five miles at work. I don't know. It seemed, or at least two or whatever. I, as many people as I see and back and forth and up and down the hall and in and out and standing around and moving around, I am barely getting in like a mile and a quarter at work. <laughs> and that's an eight hour day. And so I think that one thing that came to my mind was like, no wonder a lot of us struggle with weight and getting weight off because at the end of the day, we feel like tired and it does feel physical. It's definitely mental, but you kind of seem like, oh, I've been quote unquote busy all day. I've been moving around, but that's not right. the amount of movement or the type of even movement that is really required for um, like also healing. Right. Yeah. I mean, a lot of that uh, is emotional fatigue, right? Mm-hmm. So, right. and the wearable can help distinguish the emotional fatigue from the physical fatigue for sure. So yeah, I think it, it it's very enlightening to anybody and anyone, even if you think like you're, I mean, I guess I haven't met, I mean, I don't think I've met a lot of fitness trainers that have said that it was enlightening to them, but I don't know, you know. Right, right. Yeah. Well, so with um, so the real definition or what they're saying is the definition of wearable technology is um, a category of electronic devices that can be worn as accessories embedded in clothing and planted in the user's body or even tattooed on the skin. So that's the full definition of wearables. And then I was good. We were going to run through some of the top technology ones, but let's, um, did you have more on like the cons on this? No, I would say, uh, I mean, expense is another con. Okay. Right. Right. So, um, for example, a, some of these are one-time fees that you just Mm -hmm. pay like ordering, um, an Apple watch 
maybe if you, depending on your monthly service, you know, if you have that, but some of them are, um, you know, membership based, like the diet yes. trackers are all, you can do free ones. So there are free ones. Um, and, and that's, I don't know if that really qualifies as a wearable, but it is a tracker. And I think it's really great. Um, a continuous glucose monitor, you can't even get with a, without a prescription, um, really. Um, there are third-party companies now, but that have, you know, physicians on staff that can get you those. Um, I love the company levels. Um, love it, love it, love it. And, uh, you know, but there are many out there. And um, so there's an expense there, you know, but um, you just really need sometimes a couple of weeks of data uh, for mm -hmm. some of these. And then you don't have to pay again for a while because you can get all that information for those two weeks, assuming that you try to live your normal life for those two weeks and get normal, you know, your baseline data. And then you go off of the wearable or the data and make the changes that you learned about maybe for a few months and then go back to it and see, you know, if that made a difference. So you don't always have to wear them. That means you always don't have to have the expense. Yeah, no, I think you're, that's right on, on the, so like this watch was only, I think it was like 80, it was under $90. So this is like, but it, this is not like, it doesn't, I can't, actually, I think it does talk to my phone. Obviously I'm not using it <laughs> to its capacity, but that's not too awful. And then the aura ring is, um, it depends on when they're having specials, but it's anywhere between $300 and, you know, high twos, but they, yeah. they did not, they did a lifetime membership at one point. I do think they are instituting for like, maybe like, as this is get growing in popularity, they are bringing in, like you were saying, a membership plan. Um, mm -hmm. I opted all, for this lifetime thing. Yeah. <laughs> and Dennis has a whoop. So the whoop, um, is like a oh, band. Yeah. yeah. The whoop mm -hmm. is, um, something that he really likes because it doesn't, um, it doesn't like unlike a watch. All it is is a band, and, and that is like monthly. On your ankle too. Yes. Can you put yeah. it on your ankle? Yeah, yeah. And it's that's kind of nice. A membership. Yeah. Okay. So it's okay. like um, rough. If you pay ahead, I think it's twenty to thirty dollars a month, depending on. Okay. Um, but so this is the fit, smart watches and fitness trackers. Um, the top ones were the the Apple Watch, um, mm -hmm. the Samsung Galaxy Watch, mm -hmm. a Garmin Dive Watch. Polar Vantage smartwatch, uh, Fitbit um, made it on here. A uh, bunch of Fitbit kind of ones. Yeah, because they've expanded their. They were one of the first, I want to say, before Apple Watch came out. That's what I had first. I had a okay. Fitbit. Yeah, and then there's something called a um, an NFC upon OPN. It says when it comes to the smart rings on the market, NFC OPN is straight out of a science fiction movie. It's not Ooh. as useful yet. Um, it's just, it's shipping from the UK. So, you know, I mean, we can post some of these interesting. And then the Aura Ring was another ring that mm -hmm. was on here. Probably um, sounds like that other one is not as pricey potentially. Um, core body temperature sensor. I'm not sure. Oh, just, it says for extreme. Oh. Yeah, it says something about extreme athletes. We're only able to monitor this with invasive medicine, like invasive methods, like electronic pills or probes. So maybe this would be something that somebody would want to use if they were like, I mean, I don't know why I'd ever want a core body 
Well, I or, want, you know, what or, if you're doing um, uh, hot and cold immersion therapy, perhaps, you know? Oh, okay. okay. So um, there was another con I thought of, uh, I forgot to mention, um, and that is, um, you know, I resisted getting an Apple Watch for so long because I didn't want the uh, EMF toxicity. <laughs> oh, I know. I know. I thought and, um, so it, that, that is something to consider. And I can't begin to claim that I know a lot about it. There are experts in the field. You should probably interview one of them one day. <laughs> I know. Um, so, but you know, it, it, I believe in it, it does exist. I mean, you know, there's all kinds of warning signs on Apple devices in the, in the, when you purchase them, but you can turn a lot of this stuff onto airplane mode and still get the data. Right. So, okay. So yeah, that's a good idea. Mm -hmm. So, um, another one they talked about here was something called an AeroFit pro breathing trainer, and it is for asthmatics and athletes looking to improve lung capacity and those mm -hmm. recovering from COVID-19, the breathing trainer is a vital technique. I haven't heard of I'm, this, but- I haven't either. And I am definitely gonna look into that one. That okay. interesting to me. It's yeah. called AeroFit Breathing Trainer. Okay. Um, then we're moving to earphones. Um, Bose Sleep Buds are earphones that help you fall asleep faster. Mm -hmm. That made the top list. Um, any other earphones that you're familiar with? Um, that was the only one on this list, but not that go in your ear, but around your head, like the Muse. Um, and I don't know if the Muse even exists anymore, but I had one in the early when it first came out for it's just a meditation band. So you just wear it and it um, tracks your active meditation. <laughs> I keep getting. Um, you know, because you got to love when you say something out loud and your phone, it's always listening, right? I, I don't know what I said one day, but I get all these, um, I get all these ads for this. It's like a, it's a gripper on your wrist. It's for neurostimulation. It helps with anxiety. It, um, I forget what the exact name of it is. I'll find it in just a second. Let me go look at the ads on my phone. It'll be there. But there are these, it's like a triggering a, um, it's like compression so that you're feeling almost like a hug, if you will, oh, but it's okay. like, on the, yeah, so it does. I think some of those are really neat, but this is not on that the list. Um, going down the list a little bit more, and we're almost through it, um, glasses. So smart glasses, uh, lightweight, portable pair of sunglasses. Um, unlike Google Glass, it won't tell you what you're looking at. And then I, I don't know, it's something about delivering sound directly to your ears. With, with your eyeglasses? Wow. Yeah, I don't, yeah, yeah, I'm not sure about that. I haven't tried anything like that. <laughs> no, I haven't either. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, blue blockers are pretty much the extent of eyeglasses that I know about. Okay. <laughs> have you tried any smart clothing? No, I, I haven't either. So they have two of them down here. One is a uh, Levi's commuter, uh, it controls control it with your phone taps and gestures and it's woven into a stylish jacket right yes. i don't hmm. so i'm not sure exactly what that does but and then there's a magnetic lapel microphone still in kickstarter though um oh, interesting. it'll look like a lapel pin but you can 
you can I mean could you imagine like people walking around recording and be like what did she say and it's all I don't know about all that but I guess it could come in handy and are then, there any um chest straps on there I don't I didn't see any that made okay. this list but maybe this isn't all inclusive so are you thinking like the heart rate things yeah they're they're you know I know probably Garmin and they have them but I don't I I want to say there's one uh you know, because you heart rate variability is really a great factor. Oh, to, yes, you know, that does to, that with this. Yeah, mm -hmm. you can do that with the simpler wearable text, like the Apple Watch will do that. And or, um, but you know, you just sometimes you, I I've read about conflicting information on um, accuracy in mm. in different even ethnicities. Um, oh, okay. So. I can't elaborate on that because I don't know too much about it. I just have started reading about that. Um, One thing I've noticed too with the ring, and maybe you're having this happen with Apple. I don't know. It, sometimes it thinks I'm asleep, um, not like at work or something, but it like if I'm in on the couch at night, um, it will sometimes be logging me like I'm already in bed. And then mm. I go in and I have to manually change it. But I guess that's because I may be in a relaxed you know, like it's very close to bedtime and I am relaxed on the couch. I'm not doing talking. I'm not um, yeah. moving around, but it does think I'm asleep. And I'm like, well, like then you wonder, okay, like then the data where I actually am asleep, how does it, I mean, do you just see what I mean? Like the, yeah. like you wonder about the constraints of, um, or limitations right. of what it's really telling me. Yeah, exactly. About. But if you look at the patterns, mm. um, if there's, if there's an erratic pattern that's just there a couple of times and the majority other times it looks consistent, you know, that would, would help eliminate. Yeah, that's true. It is. They do say that it takes two weeks of wearing something to kind of get your habits in and right. then, right. Um, yeah, I think it, so as far as, um, I know that for like telehealth and people in uh, primary care and, and cardiology and all these things, they've come up with a lot of different uh, wearables and I guess scales that people can get on at home. Yes. The uh, smart scales are fantastic too. I mean, oh, they're okay. not, they're not terribly expensive. Um, they're probably from my understanding, they're not, um, you know, at, there, there's some really expensive ones that like obesity medicine practices have. Um, and even our urology office had them in the office to really check body um, composition, you know, mm -hmm. visceral fat, water content, muscle mass content, et cetera. But the home smart skills, um, you know, they probably do a, 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 a decent job, I would say. Um, and, and I've, but they're not as good as getting something done on a, one of those really expensive ones that most people can't no. afford to keep in their home. <laughs> right, right. And then these continuous glucose monitors seem to be, I know a lot of people have just put these on for the heck of it. I listen to a lot of different podcasts where um, the person will, just they're not diabetic, but they just want to see what's happening with the food. They, I don't know. Part of me, I get that. I get it. I'm totally all for exploration, but I just personally, I'm not going to go looking quite, for, I'm just not in that place. Although I say, I hear that the, the be really helpful. It but, is because, okay, so I'll give you a couple of scenarios okay. where that work would be helpful. So a patient that has insomnia, right. And 
so our differential diagnosis of insomnia or nighttime awakening in functional medicine varies from a few things. It could be that they're hypoglyce reactive hypoglycemia, or it could be their cortisol is all messed up. It could be, you know, various other things, but one of the more common findings is um, reactive hypoglycemia that's, that's waking you up. So, or nighttime hypoglycemia. Wow. And okay. so um, if we, if we're not addressing sleep in functional medicine as one of the primary things, um, we, it doesn't make sense to do all these other things. Like we got to address the key, right? Sleep, okay. stress, yeah. food, nutrition, yeah. movement. Yeah. And if we're not addressing sleep it, uh, and we're not really uh, trying to help diagnose it, we, you know, I don't want to just give people supplements or sleep, help them sleep or, right, right, right. when I really want to figure out why are you not sleeping? So mm -hmm. um, now I'm not saying that everybody that walks in my door gets a CGM just because they're having sleep issues. That's not it. It's more, you know, putting a puzzle together. And then the other, um, oh, I lost my train of thought. The other scenario I was going to talk about of, oh, well, just the statistic that we know for sure that 40%, so like 40, 50% of the United States is either pre-diabetic or diabetic. 10% hmm. is diabetic. So that leaves 40% as unknown pre or pre-diabetic and the vast majority of those are unknown because we don't have a great way of testing conventionally in primary care for pre-diabetes. You know, you get right. an A1C and if you're, if you just barely make it, you know, you're, you're officially not pre-diabetic. Pre well, an A1C has a lot of issues Yeah. as a, as a screening tool. It's great. Don't get me wrong. It's great for public health. It's cheap. It's um, it definitely rules in diabetes, but it's not really doing a great job of ruling in pre-diabetes. And so, I guess statistically, if we have that much insulin resistance and we have that much pre-diabetes in the in the country, and it's a true root cause of all these, you know, downstream chronic illnesses. Yes, cardiovascular, cardiometabolic, cancer we've got to address it. And, um, so I'm just really, uh, and, and then of course we're on the standard American diet, right? So right. there's, it's really, um, I think what's really important. So to me, I can understand, I know what you're saying and I get your, what you're saying with, you know, wanting to explore, but not wanting to dig too much because there's a fine balance, but you know, hypertension is a silent killer and we don't, we don't go digging around for that other than going to go get our blood pressure checked. Right. But we encourage that. We say to every patient, you must get a physical every year because I want you to get your blood pressure checked. Yes. So, you know, these are silent, silent diseases. So kind of look at it like just another screening uh, that somebody should just potentially undergo, see what's going on there. Well, supervised obviously with. Yeah. I mean, I don't know that it's, it's not necessarily for everybody and it's mm -hmm. not a, alone. It, you'd have to, you'd want to look at a lot of things. You definitely still want to look at fasting glucose um, in, and an A1C and maybe a fasting insulin, a HOMA score and put those together, look at their diet, look at their other factors, um, look at their A1C history because their A1C can be like, if it's been good and then all of a sudden high, well, you kind of got to wonder why did it all of a sudden go high? Are you stressed? Are you, wh what's going on? You know, are you, do you have anemia? You know, they're, so that's a, a great place for a CGM or for people that are like, I need numbers. I need data. 
this helps me kick my ice cream habit. And it does, it helps people kick their ice cream habit or kick their whatever habit. I think that, yeah, that's so key right there. Like, yeah, Mm -hmm. you're nailing this thought of, um, you know, we would say sometimes also, uh, I worked with a dermatologist who would tell me when you keep hands busy, you keep their hands busy, like putting things on, you know, that is like, because then you're, you're taking an active role in your own healing. And that is basically what all, um, ideally what all holistic medicine should be is uh, empowering the patient to help in the healing and optimizing of their own, you know, of themselves. And I think when, you know, now that I think about it that way, it would be empowering to know that they had some numbers and, oh, I eat this and I saw this happen on the chart. And it's not just you saying, stop eating ice cream. It was, oh, your blood sugar went to 330 and it stayed there for an hour or whatever it would be. And um, yeah, so. And then there's all these hacks that you can uh, learn. You can read about them, but you can also uh, learn on your own self what hacks work to help lower that blood sugar response after eating something that you may maybe shouldn't have eaten. Um, you know, one of the well-known ones is drinking apple cider vinegar, mm-hmm. uh, a little bit of that. Again, that's not for everybody. Cause you know, this, th- we're not giving medical advice here, right, Jen? Right. No <laughs> disclaimers. Yes. No, this is not a, don't go chugging your apple cider vinegar and then right. send us a bill for your ulcer. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Cause we said, don't do it. But, that's right. Yeah. But you know, that, uh, so, and then like fiber, just eating fiber. So that's one of the big, big ones I see across the board. Mm. If I can tell everybody is that to lower your blood sugar, to improve your digestion, to help your microbiome, to help everything, um, to help your carb loading, eat fiber, get What's your it. favorite fiber to tell people to have seeds and nuts oh, okay. flax, cause it's easy. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, couple of tablespoons of both of those. And it's, it's quite nutrient dense blueberries too. Um, berries generally, cause I'm, I'm always looking for like, what are the foods that can do multiple things? Like, mm-hmm. I don't, I don't, you know, unless you really enjoy the food and it, it's only serving that purpose. I want you to, I, this is my biggest thing. I am a person that teaches food and nutrition and food is medicine but I'm probably different than most people in that I still want you to enjoy your food because I love food and I enjoy it so much and I'm not giving up some things you guys. Um, and then the, and the other part of me is that, that probably some people would disagree with is that, uh, you do have to spend time or money, time or money, um, or both yeah. to, to eat fairly well. Right. And I think a lot of people would disagree with me on that. Mm. No, I think there is. Um, and, and then, you know, they have also done, I think Dr. Hyman, Mark Hyman, who's always like leading the charge on a lot of this um, food and, um, you know, just functional medicine in general. And he, um, you know, he found the Cleveland Clinic uh, functional medicine up, up, up north and been a, just a real advocate against big food and industry. And he talked about, um, cause he would go around, I think it was the Daniel plan or something that he was involved in, which was with churches and, um, trying to help, uh, maybe lower income families. And, and really when you priced out 
the more nutritious things, it actually came out to less than what some of the staples of the, you know, whether it was like Doritos and steak and I don't know what else, but um, meats are expensive. And we've seen this through the last two years. And I'm not saying everybody needs to be free. That's not the topic of this, but it's more like we we can try to, um, you know, bag a of vegetables is there are just different ways to shop for it but I think it's also that education of shopping which I had to learn myself because I didn't really know how to appropriately shop for a lot of things and that you know sometimes frozen broccoli was actually just as good and a good source of something than buying it you know to have it fresh you know fresh frozen right right I think where so I, I I totally agree with that um it's when you are a foodie if you are a foodie, like if you really, so I have a lot of patients that are foodies and I'm a foodie and I can't have the same food every day. Like I, that's me. Like I want variety. I have a different sauce or condiment or whatever it is, or a different um, cuisine almost every day. (laughs) Oh, wow. That's amazing. Well, okay. That's that's great though. That's maybe more my old life when I was really doing full on all full-time cooking instruction. It's not, I don't have the time for that now, but what I will say is, you know, to make it interesting and flavorful and to use, I mean, think about a a liter of really good quality extra virgin olive oil. It's not cheap. Right. And, you know, it's kind of a good oil to have and a good fat to have, and we should have it. And if you're making salad dressings at home, that's going to be the oil that you choose. Maybe some avocado oil sometimes, maybe a little sesame sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, they all add up, you know, in cost. So yeah, the veggies might not be expensive, but some of that ancillary stuff, yes. chia seeds, yeah. now, hemp seeds, flax seeds, tempeh, tofu, all of that can, can add up a little bit. So you don't have to do all of those things necessarily. I think that you can do a lot for your body just with the fiber and the veggies. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you're taking the next step, <laughs> I know that's what we need you here for on the podcast. Cause uh, I'm like, what do you mean? You can't eat like the same thing every day all the time. I mean, that's, I, I, I literally, if you left me alone and never came to, you know, if nobody ever came by, I just make some variation of a quesadilla like every day or something. Well, it, <laughs> that's you know? totally, it's totally awesome. And I wish I was like that because it wouldn't, I would be less consumed by making things interesting for me. But I, the thing is, the truth of the matter is I've had patients like you who are like, they'll, the first thing they'll come tell me is, look, I don't care about food. Just tell me what to eat and I'll eat it. So there's that patient. And then I have the patient that's like, yeah, I've tried these recipes. I've tried this blog. Eh, don't really love it. My so-and-so doesn't like this. What can I do? So I work with people on both both sides you know yeah that's fantastic and I'm excited I know you have some future projects coming up that we'll have to have you back for to kind of go into that because if people are listening and in the foodie realm or at least want to I think even if like you're maybe they might even be like me where it's like I'm open to doing something a little bit different having a little bit more fun with it because I do tend to just um kind of get stuck in certain eating habits, which actually isn't as good for your microbiome anyway, because you're supposed to be having lots of variety and yeah. that, that happens to me too. I am no I'm not perfect. It's it takes work. Um if if it interests you. I don't I don't ever want to make food stressful to people. So you got you just have to find a provider that meets you where you're at. Yeah. If you're a patient listening. And if you're a provider, um, please 
meet your patient where you're at, where they're at. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So um, I think this is a great spot for you to just tell us a little bit more about Precision Metabolic Health as far as like, I know you have a grand opening. Um, this is for the state of Texas though. So if anybody's listening in, um, this is um, in Texas, you're in Austin, Texas, right? That's right. So yeah. um, you are seeing, you will be seeing um, patients that live anywhere in Texas, but yep, yep. there are also be in-person things. No, or it's yeah. all virtual for now. Okay. Um, we're all virtual for now. Yes. Yeah. For, that's right. for, for a long time, I think. Yeah. I mean, there with the future exciting plans that I have, um, there's optional in-person things in, in the future, but not mm -hmm. right now. Yeah. And so the opening date where um, if, if someone wanted to schedule with you, is there a way to connect with you now before March 21st um, to get on a list or do you have a mailing list somewhere or? Yeah. So if you go to, um, uh, you can go to Precision Battle. Ah, I can't talk. My temporary site, our temporary site is precisionmetabolichealth.chefskitchen.com. Mm -hmm. Um, but you can also go to chefskitchen.com with an S, which is the old, uh, cooking class website. Both places will take you to a place to grab a free little ebook of recipes, um, which will then put you on a mailing list. Okay. That's awesome. And then if somebody yeah. wanted to reach out to you directly, um, in the show notes, we'll put some things down. Are you, but you're on some, uh, as far as, are you on Instagram or Facebook? Yeah. Or? Yep. On Instagram as uh, precision metabolic health. So you're welcome to, uh, message me there, follow me there, inquire there, uh, Facebook. Um, it's still right now, chef's kitchen. It will switch to precision metabolic health. And then TikTok is going to be my new little passion baby. Yeah. And I'm doing some videos there. And that oh, is, Precision Metabolic Health as well. Yeah, that's fun. That's going to be great. I, I'm excited to uh, to connect with you there. Well, I so appreciate you being on today, and um, I think that yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of cool stuff out there for us to dive into. Um, you know, health wise, and um, I know that you're super passionate about helping as many people as you can to like just feel better and have a you know, it's not always about the longevity, although that's part of it. It's also the quality. Yeah. Um, and mm -hmm. what does that look like? And, and everybody kind of has to make that decision, but having a guide um, and people around you that are kind of walking that same path is really awesome. So, and I feel like that's what, you know, you are for me too, because we've always been walking in uh, <laughs> lockstep, working through this, uh, entrepreneurial journey and then, I know um, isn't it fun it's yeah. it's exciting it keeps it interesting there's constant learning this is I think a value that we give probably our patients in that we um we are on a constant learning journey yeah and there we I mean when we went to school I don't know about you I'm older way older than you no there was no microbiome years ago yeah yeah no no it was like <laughs> just give them this medicine that'll work what? The, hopefully the yeah, our gen genome wasn't sequenced and now it is and it's like now I'm doing culinary nutrigenomics on my patients and gosh could you just imagine having had had that you know wow it's yeah, it's pretty. very promising for putting an end to, and and hope we'll have hopefully we'll have you back again to talk more on on this. But um, you know, hopefully it will put an end to um, 
some of the mental diseases like Parkinson's, Alzheimer's, dementia that are just really, I mean, we have just really an epidemic of that. And we do know that um, perhaps food holds a little bit of cure there for us. And that'll be exciting yes. to um, get into also. Yeah, time yeah, this, this very um, interesting, you know, information coming out about quote unquote type three diabetes, you know? Yeah, yeah. So. Well, thanks so much for being here. I so appreciate you. Thanks, Jen. It was all, so fun to chat. Always a good time. I love it. Love it. Yay, yay. <laughs>